Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Dave LaRue with my co-host Katrina. This is 8.3 Lear American Conversations podcast. So today we are going to talk about betrayal and corruption. I bet there's been a point here in the last uh, few days, few weeks, few months, few years where you have felt extremely betrayed and your trust has been dashed upon the rocks and you feel like the corruption is rampant. Every time you turn around, you can't get enough. Uh, I am the 83 leader, and we have the Hurricane A7, Piermont's finest, as the co-host. So welcome to the podcast. So, Katrina, are you feeling betrayed right now? I feel betrayed every day these days, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm over it all. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, so this is this is a common thing, so we want to talk about this. Um, it's like we're, we're hyper sensationalized with the internet and uh, with, you know, constant information flying at us. It seems like every time you turn around, somebody else is letting you down. It feels like somebody that you thought was, uh, you know, maybe a decent politician or, or a decent leader or something. And then all of a sudden they open mouth and insert foot. Or worse, they make a, a bad vote in the legislature and vote in some crazy shit. Or they turn, uh, like the executive council, they announce that they're, uh, you know, flipping their votes. Something happens and you go, are you fucking kidding me? You too? You're also a rat? You also have no values? Um, you know, I'm sure you guys at home have felt that before. And, uh, you know, I think we've seen a lot of that. So we've been wanting, we've kind of been talking about this. So I thought we'd bring it up on the show today. Yeah, yeah. Um, corruption's everywhere. Um, betrayals everywhere. Um, whether it be, you know, somebody that you thought was a fellow patriot, um, your employer, the fucking, like you said, the executive council meeting that happened here in New Hampshire where, you know, nine people were unlawfully arrested by our state police. I mean, the corruption just goes on and on and on. And, and like you said, just when you think, you know, you, you start this damn day. If honestly, David, it gets to the point where, um, I start my day in the morning and I'm a, literally like afraid to open my phone because <laughs> we know the bullshit is rolling downhill quicker than you can get out of the way. Right, right. Um, so I guess my one of my thoughts here is right away: is corruption really the right word for it? Because that could mean different things to different people, I guess. Not like just the dictionary definition, but like when people say, oh, they're, they're corrupt or this is corrupt. I feel like a lot of times maybe we use the word corruption in place of saying something is maybe broken or, you know, uh, needs, you know, like maybe it's not genuine or something. I don't know if everything is exactly corrupt or I don't know. What do you think? I think... Well, I th maybe I think it's just honest. not detailed enough. And maybe it's too broad and generic for a lot of these things. Yeah, I mean, um, just everything, you know, I, I think back to everything that's been going on um, just in this past year with COVID and all this insanity. Um, and I think that there are definitely things that are corrupt. And I also think that there are definitely things um, that just aren't aren't right. Not necessarily corrupt, that just aren't right. Um, you know, 
questionable things. We've said in, in previous podcasts, you know, we're all held accountable for certain things. And we as a society as, as a whole have dropped the ball on a lot of things. Right. We um, talked about that before. Yeah. Right. And one of the things that um, was brought to light for me and, um, and it's a hard pill for me to swallow. It's not necessarily corruption, but it's questionable. For example, our state governor, um, Governor Chris Sununu, who is a hardcore red Republican, so he says. Right, yeah. Right? Um, his wife is a hardcore Democrat. Yeah. And so I question... Um, things like that you know is that something that's legal is is that that's not oh, the definition illegal, yeah. i mean illegal um and that's not the definition of corruption but the question is does corruption occur because of that <laughs> right 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 Correlation is not always causation, but you know, as they say, if it walks, talks, and quacks like a duck, it probably duck shits duck shit. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely things that make you wonder. You know, uh, where you kind of go, you know, I can't prove that, but it sure wouldn't surprise me if there was some dirty dealing there. Exactly. Uh, it feels like we can't get away from that. Um, you know, definitely. Uh, it, it makes you wonder. Or is, is anybody? You know, and, and we're all guilty of this in some way to somebody. Somebody out there will think, oh, yeah, Dave, he's he's some, you know, he's some uh, dishonest asshole. You know, he's he's so corrupt or whatever. Like, everybody has their own perspective. But, I mean, you know, like, broad scale, we're talking about, like, you know, major violations where you go, that just doesn't seem right. Like, you know, that's, it. it seems totally wrong. For example, for the executive council to just change their votes on a whim, you know, uh, it seems just wrong for certain executive orders to come out like, um, you know, and it seems, you, you know, you see judges and courts and you see businesses that do these things and you see people who take money from, you know, pharmaceuticals or from special interests or lobbyists or whatever. And you go, you know, you can't prove that there was a misdealing, but God, that it just... These are the things that leave a bad taste in your mouth. You read them, you see them, you meet the person, or you hear what's going on, you experience something, and it leaves that nasty aftertaste where you go, just some, just tastes wrong, right. you know? Um, and, uh, you know, because a lot of people will argue, I mean, how many times have we heard this argument? Well, show me where in the Constitution it says that's a right. Show me where it says that's, that you know, that's legitimate. It says, wait, wait a minute, no. Um I don't have to prove I have these rights. You have to prove I don't have these rights. You know, um, the, the rights of the people are unlimited. The rights of the government are limited. Anything not delegated to the government and or to the state, respectively, it still retains the right to the people. That's not the exact quote, but that's Article 10 of the, of the federal constitution. Right. Um, you know, so you sh we shouldn't have to argue and try to prove that it's okay and it's moral and it's just and it's legal that we have these rights. Um, you know, uh, people who are confiscating and trying to throw those rights away, it's you just go, you know, I can't, I can't prove to you where it says in writing, you can't do this to me, you know, necessarily, but I know that's part of this right. That's why you get First Amendment lawsuits, you get Second Amendment lawsuits, you know, where we have to figure out, oh, is that covered? Because 
our rights are up against this bulk work of bureaucracy, right. of corruption, of dirty dealings, of things where the letter of the law maybe will outweigh the fact that it's the spirit of the law that counts, you know? Right. You know, oh, right. we're going to arrest a kid with a lemonade stand and you, you know, for, cause they don't have a fucking business license. You're like, you know, that just, it, that's wrong. And they say, well, that's the law. And you go, you know, that's not how shit's supposed to work in America. And that's, that's like the core that eats away at me that I, maybe you're, we're kind of talking about here. I, I am for sure. Um, I feel more often than not that I'm having to defend and, and others might feel this way as well, defend my right for an action um, that I have. I have all of the rights. It is your job, very much like innocent until proven guilty, right? Yep. That's I right. am innocent. I have these rights. It is your job to prove that I have broken the law or I have, you know what I mean? Right. But Your rights have overstepped somebody else's. Right. It, it's really turned around these days, I think. I think more and more, especially again, you know, in this new COVID world in which we live in, um, it's, it's less about the rights that you have as a human being. And more about them limiting the rights you have. I think um, we've seen a lot of government, you know, I mean, that's where we'll start with the corruption, right? The biggest right. and the most government, um, a lot of government overreach and, and it is literally impeding on every single thing that we as Americans are doing. Um, we have no more rights. We are being forced to prove the rights that we have. Right. And I think, you know, um, that's where we start to spiral downhill as right. a country, as a society as a whole. Um, and something has to be done about this. Right. Well, I mean, I've called it, I've called it, uh, you know, and I've been saying this for a long time, like, um, you know, there, there's little things in my life, you know, way before COVID where they just didn't sit right with me. Right. And I'd say, you know, it's not the United States of America almost anymore. It's the United States of, you can't do that. You know, yeah. we, we think we operate and, and this is true because I'll, I'll tell you, you're going to realize this is true. The way we operate our lives. And I don't think this is just me. Um, but your average law abiding citizen who plays by the rules and wants to try to, you know, not go along to get along, but who is trying to live a moral, hard work kind of life, we generally gauge what we do by, oh, shit, I can't do that. That's against the law. Like, we're constantly checking our behavior against, are we doing something wrong? You know, and so Christians have that sometimes. We always, oh, oh my God, you know, I'm sitting right now, or I'm doing something that's immoral, or, well, shit, if I do that, I might get in trouble. We have this huge system of laws that are so complex. It's almost like we worry so much about what's not, you know, worrying. Oh, shit. Can I do that? Is it legal? Well, I'd like to start a business. Oh, well, gosh, we got to figure out the legal way to do that before we start a business. Oh, well, I want to get a car. Well, oh, you know, you got to get it registered first. You got to do this. We constantly are having to prove ourselves. We're constantly running everything in our lives through the net of, is this legal or not? 
And it's like, it's a very broad, all-encompassing thing. I mean, we have to worry about it with our finances all the time. Oh, we can't screw around with your money because the IRS will get you. We do it with business. Oh, well, we'll take your license away. We'll take your certification away if you're a nurse, right? Um, you know, and now we have this whole, uh, the social media, uh, you know, um, societal condemnation. Oh, well, that's not politically correct. It's just a, it's just a politically correct is a way to say it's not society. It's not, um, socially legal. Right. You know, we've, we've made things illegal in society, uh, you know, in, uh, that kind of realm in the social sense, but they're not necessarily, uh, illegal. It's that, it's that saying, well, they say, um, well, it might be legal, but it's not smart or it's not prudent to do. It might be right. legal, but you know, like people argue, you know, open carry, you know, oh, well, that's not right. Well, yeah, yes, it, it's fine. You know, but we, we do these things and we run our lives through this net, always worrying, are we breaking the fucking law? Because there's seven trillion laws on the books, or whatever you, you know, ridiculous number it is. Like, right, bringing it back you know, to, um, you know, back in the day where people just lived their lives and and um, built a life they wanted. This is not coming out how I'm picturing it in my head. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, we used to live free. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, back when when there wasn't this huge government overreach and, and like you said, trillions of damn laws that every move we make, we're busy all damn day long trying to figure out what direction to go in, how to walk, what to do. Is this offending somebody who fucking identifies as a toaster? You know what I mean? Like all these, all these regular, so we have law, we have regulations, and then you have society type, you know, regulations if yeah, you will the cancel culture What's, right um and we are literally no longer free we're right. not we don't live a, a free daily life and the small things that we do have left those are being robbed from us too right you know um and so i think we have all of these boundaries and everything, and then we just have so much of this overreaches happening in general. Um, we have, you know, going back to that, that corruption thing, um, we have <laughs> people are afraid to do what they want, but government isn't. <laughs> Rules right? for thee, not for me, right? Right, exactly. You know, um, I've always been a huge advocate and supporter for law enforcement. Um, and every day that goes by, my eyes become more and more open. Um, witnessing those nine people standing right in front of me be arrested. Yeah, over that, effectively nothing. You know, Literally nothing. <laughs> effectively, like, making less noise than we're making right now, sitting still... Recording a podcast, they were arrested for disorderly conduct, for speaking or not even speaking, you know, for why am I being arrested? You know, what what did they do wrong? You know, like that kind of stuff ended up, oh, you're arrested too. I mean, it, it it's did. an abuse of power in a huge way. Yep. Um, yep. And every single one of their superiors were standing there and witnessed it. Oh, yeah. You know, and the officers that arrested them. What about the other 200 officers that were there that stood by and watched? Yeah. Those officers literally, I mean, they swore to an oath. 
and and they're not abiding by it. And they literally stood there and watched their fellow officers break the law themselves, right? And arrest these innocent people when in fact they should have been over there arresting the officers that were doing it. Right. Well, that's you know? not and, how it works and anymore. They, uh, it's not. It's not. There's zero accountability once you get that title, once you get that badge. There's no longer accountability for your actions. But damn you, David, if you're walking down the road open carrying, <laughs> then then what happens? Then what happens? Oh, we get a phone call from the somebody, uh, or the, Portis, the police show up and say, well, we had phone calls that you were walking around with a firearm. Yeah. So what? Right? <laughs> you know, you're like you're made out to be a criminal. A lot of this stuff, you're made out to be a criminal just for being an American nowadays. Um, you know, for for wanting to exercise your right to assemble, you're now a criminal because you assembled with 12 people. For wanting to go to a church and not social distance and sing, you know, songs to Jesus, you're now a criminal because you took a mask off and you didn't social distance from the people in the pew next to you. Um, you know, I mean, we're criminalizing life and, you know, to your point that we used to be free or more free, like there was always rules and there was always society and there was always, you know, some form of government. I mean, it's not like even back in like the, you know, the 1800s, there weren't government organizations and there were always somebody who was in power and there was always limitations. This is this is just a fact of being human. We're always going to be limited by something, right? It used to be people were limited. Their, quote, freedom was limited not by necessarily the law, um, but by they had to put all their time into trapping and killing enough animals and raising enough crops so they didn't starve to death. Their freedom was limited in a different way. Now we've progressed to the point where we have basically unlimited freedom, if you will, to drive around, go what we want, go where we want to go, waste our time in tons of leisurely pursuits where we're free to take up any ridiculous hobby we want and go LARPing and dye our hair purple and, you know, do, do fucking Lord of the Rings marathons and whatever other dumb, dumb, unproductive things you can think to do with your time. We're, quote, free to do those things as long as we don't break the system's rules now. So are we really free? The, the limitations on our freedom aren't necessarily from our own natural environment anymore. They're imposed on us from a man-made agency, right? It's more like the fucking bonds of Israel with Pharaoh than it is, you know, living on the plains and, and carving out an existence, you know, from, from the, 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 hut, the mud huts and stuff. It's a much different limitation on our freedom. But the thing is, why it bothers me so much is because it's a betrayal. And being, um, it's a betrayal to me because these documents that we have that were founded upon are American ideas, the, the Bill of Rights, these things that we hold to be self-evident, right? We're not supposed to have our freedoms taken away like this. It doesn't just feel like it's wrong, like somebody made bad policy. It feels like an insult. It feels like an attack um, because we have this whole huge rule book that says, you can't do that to me. That's wrong. I have this right to life with, you know, that can't be taken away without due process. 
And that's where the feeling of contention comes in because you go, no, you know, not only is that not right, but the law, the, the, the rule book says you can't fucking do that and you're cheating. And it constantly feels like we're getting cheated by our own government. And now we have not only just cheating, but maybe justification is another word for it. We have people and citizens and government all justifying an abuse of power out of fear. And now we're justifying, you know, abusing and only, only, um, only upholding the law and only upholding unalienable rights when it's it's a nice, clear, clear uh, sky, sunny day, and there's no wind, and everybody's at the beach, and everything's all happy, you know, hunky dory. No, our rights fucking maintain whether or not it's raining, whether or not it's snowing, whether or not we're in a hurricane, or we're in a fucking clear sky day, right? Those are unalienable, and there are guiding principles. And now we have this betrayal and this active stealing, and that is the part that hurts me. That's the part where we've talked like it feels like our forefathers would have their backs turned to us and go, how dare you let these people fucking pull one over on you? Exactly. And it's 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 a more um, it's more than just somebody breaking the law and like, oh, hey, they stole my stuff. It's like a personal it's a personal attack on our freedoms and on our way of life because it flies in the face of what we believe to be true about our flag. It's directly in conflict with American values, and that makes it so bitter. That makes it that vile betrayal, you know? Um, it's not just a bad policy. It's not just, oh, somebody voted wrong or, you know, well, the government overstepped, you know? No, the government committed an egregious error, you right. know? This, this this is fucking totally, um, it, this is totally wrong. Well, um, that's that's like the executive council. You know, we were just talking about the nine people that were arrested, right? So these nine people get arrested. Um, we were, you know, warned when when we went in that we have to be silent during this public meeting. First of all, here we go again with what is law? What is my right as a free human being? in the United States of America that were threatened that we must be silent. Excuse me, what is the RSA on that? <laughs> what is the RSA that says that I'm only allowed to talk at a certain level or I'm only allowed to say certain things at a public meeting? Um, and there were so many comments. So and it's interesting. I read, I read comments a lot because um, the human species is quite interesting to me. And... Um, and everybody kept saying, I, I shouldn't say, let me take that back. Not everybody. There are many comments where people said, well, you shouldn't have said amen. Or you shouldn't have said amen so loud, which, by the way, was not loud at all. Or right. you shouldn't have said, this one gets me every time. This is like one of those texts where I said, where I send you and I say, I hope you're sitting down for. Right. Um, you shouldn't have said the Pledge of Allegiance so loud. Right. I've heard the Pledge of Allegiance be cited as a reason for arresting people. Right? Like, you you guys breathe too loudly. Right. I've, I've seen a bunch of those comments. Right. These people are like, well, I was there. It was anything but quiet. And I went, how quiet do you expect 150 people to be? Just like literally normal breathing and sneezing and like the unconscious like 
somebody like lets out a little unconscious, like, oh shit, you know, like some kind of little thing under their breath because they're thinking or whatever, like people don't literally sit silent like fucking zombies for three and a half hours. That is unreasonable. Okay. And if you look at the charges that were brought on these people, it's fucking disorderly conduct. Right. You want to, you really think you're fucking being morally honest with yourself if those people were being disorderly? That's a hard sell to me. That's, you're not going to be able to make that case to me. And if somebody says, well, after the first three or four people got arrested, you know, some people stood up out of their chairs and everybody was asking, why are they getting arrested? So you're saying an unlawful action by the government causing people to go, what are you doing, government? That's wrong. Then allows the government to fucking infringe on the rights of more people for pointing out the error. What the fuck is this? Is this the Gestapo? Are you kidding me? No. All like the fucking four or five last people who got arrested or anybody who was standing up or anybody who got arrested for asking why Therese and Frank and the first three or four people got arrested. Those are All of those are on the government. Yep. You can't fucking ask people to sit there, watch their fucking friend get kidnapped and then go, oh shit, I hope they don't kidnap me next and not say a word. Come on, government, you're not going to ask me to bend over and stick it to me and then at least not allow me to complain a little bit. That's not how this shit works. That is the thing that we that I say. It It's just, it's wrong. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. I don't care what the letter of the law is. That's just wrong. But it does take a genius to figure it out, David, because all of these people in these comments were like, oh, well, that's what you get. What? Show me the RSA. Well, they're just vindictive. They want somebody else to be wrong so they can feel right because they don't actually know anything and they don't have any fucking values to back this up. They just want to be a Karen. Right, but many many members of this society think that it's okay. And of course, you know and I know they think it's okay until it happens to them. Right. Excuse me, your dog was barking too loud, so we're going to confiscate your dog. Right. Karen over there is going to have a fucking canary. Right. Well, you I mean, know? There's all kinds of examples of this kind of dumb stuff in our in our society. Right. And people have this selective moral outrage, right? That's that's uh, a common term, go. right? Selective moral outrage. Oh, well, it's all well and good to shut down this and that and to lock everybody in and all this and that until the veterans can't go to the veterans cemetery. You know, we had all the people that got up in arms because the, the world war, the, the war vets couldn't go visit like the war memorial or something. Remember that? So yeah. they, they knocked the ropes down and they went and took over their memorial or they, we have these selective outrage things, right? But it's, it's, it's totally arbitrary. Um, and I don't understand why you can have what seems to me to be a pretty clear case of abuse of power, where the very first arrest, the first person that got picked up out of their chair was Therese for allegedly saying amen. That's what it what, a, 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 alleg, allegedly. That's what the that's what the report says. The, the report says she was arrested for saying amen. Right. That's fucking ridiculous even if that was true right and that's it that's literally the entire police report so to start that there couldn't be a more clear case in my mind of of, you know because i could be a juror on that case not literally because i'm involved you know i know them so i can't be a juror but a case like that right if this if something like this went to a trial of our peers right 
okay, with a criminal complaint, um, you're you're going to put that case before a whole bunch of people in a jury to say, hey, if if somebody truly whispered amen under their breath in a meeting room of 150 people, that'd be pretty fucking disorderly, right? What fucking juror would say yes to that, right? Um, you know, I've talked about this concept when um, we were on the, the roadside at Dartmouth, right? Everybody was talking about um, uh, just all this these COVID restrictions. And I said, you know, we have this, we have this, I don't know if you'd call it a legal standard, but we have this accepted standard that says, what would a reasonable person do? Given the same circumstances, what would a reasonable person do? And, and we always talk about this. This kind of standard comes up when we have police that shoot somebody, right? Right. They say, well, what would another cop, given the same circumstances, would another cop do the same thing? If another cop testifies, yeah, I probably would have shot that guy too because of this, that, and the other thing. Okay, well, any reasonable cop would have done that, so it's okay. Any reasonable father would have beat the child molester to within an inch of his life, so we're not gonna we're not gonna charge him with homicide because a reasonable human being would probably do that. Right. I again, I'm not the judge deciding this case, but I don't see how any reasonable normal person could tell me that that is disorderly. Because if that is disorderly, then what's not disorderly? Because it's not just about this. It's about the ramifications of all these things. We have this horrible case in this country. We have this horrible standard where we follow judicial precedent. And once one single case gets decided in a certain way, that fucks every other case right. from that point in any area, right? Yeah. We no longer look at what the law says. We look at, well, what are other court cases say? Right. No, what's the law say, right? So now if this is found to be legitimate, right? And cops can just come in and pick people out like random and and basically kidnap a lady. And then I love the photo going around of the kid standing behind the officer with the, the trooper's back turned to the child and the kid standing next to the fucking road and the officer's not even... We can kidnap both the parents, lock them up, and then leave the kid in the parking lot unattended with nobody watching him? This is legitimate? You're going to legitimize this over an alleged amen and then other people going, what the hell are you doing? This this is what we're going to do? That You're not going to sell me on that. You're, you, that's not a compelling argument. That's not a compelling case. For me, that looks like political corruption. That looks like tyranny. That looks like a betrayal. That looks like everything we're talking about. Right, exactly. And if you circle back around to that, it, never mind the facts that happened, which are all on, on video from beginning to end of the meeting, right? It's right there, unedited. You can't, it was a live video, so you could, couldn't even edit it if you wanted to. But you circle back around to the circumstances as well, right? The circumstances are a part of this case. I think they're, I think they're huge points in this whole case. So you have the factual, you know, the actual um, report for the arrest says um, disorderly conduct for amen, right? The, these are people that were at a public meeting against money that they felt and what appears to be money for isolation and quarantine for unvaccinated citizens. Um, 
It was against the governor, right? So the governor, governor is only there to enforce law. The governor didn't want these people there. Prior to the meeting, the public meeting, there was already paddy wagons there. There were already hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of state troopers. Yeah, that's what we've been told, yeah. That's what goes back to something doesn't look right. Right. Right? Right. We go right back to there, and then you have no other option but to make the conclusion of corruption. Right. Because it wasn't just that the it wasn't just that the state prepared for possible chaos. Everybody was being peaceful and quiet. Right. You know, because it's not to say like it's just like it's just like our military. People say, "Oh, well, disband the military and and throw away all the guns and the world will go to peace." No. It's right. It is peace through superior firepower. So if the state wants to come in, they're going to say, "Okay, we've been having problems, right? People are getting rowdy. All right. We'll we'll have a thing that says if everybody rushes the stage, we'll be able to protect the council." Sure. We'll have it we'll have a presence because things are getting heated. Okay, if that's the circumstances, that's the totality of circumstance you go into, that's fine. But the fact of the matter is, on all the videos I have seen and on multiple accounts that I've talked to of people that are there, things were quiet and peaceful and literally people were standing or sitting in their chair. Almost nobody was moving around. The only people that I saw in the aisles was like the, the, the media people. There are some individual media liberty people and like people getting up to like walk out to go to the bathroom or something or take a piss or whatever. I don't know. Like yeah. everybody was just sitting and standing, not doing anything. And on all the videos that I saw, the audio was clear. You could hear everything that was said. And there's a video going around on, uh, what is it? Right, uh, right America Media or something. Uh, I can't remember the name. It's, it's, it's going around anyway. I guess I think it's a media company out of Derry. Um, I'll, I'll find the link and I'll, I'll post it up. But, uh, it's like a six minute video or it's like a, or I'm sorry, it's like a 10 minute video in the first six minutes. Um, run all before the first arrest and you can basically hear a pin drop in the room for six minutes and after six minutes of total silence irregardless of what happened before six minutes later randomly you just start arresting people right well why like there's just if somebody is being disorderly when have you ever seen find me and here's the thing find me another video of somebody who's disorderly 20 minutes ago in the presence of 50 state troopers, and then 5, 6, 10, 20 minutes later, they then all of a sudden decide out of fucking thin air to arrest the person. Even if that had happened. If Therese was yelling and screaming and, and being disorderly in the essence of the law and the spirit of the law, why wouldn't they have arrested her 8, 10, 12, 15, 20 minutes before that when, you know, those things allegedly she, happened, right, right? Right. So none of it fits, you know. If... You are preparing for something, fine. But the fact of the matter is here, in my mind, the state c- created the chaos. The state created the problems. And and the state violated law. And the state violated law. They violated their rights. And it creates a massive look of impropriety. It creates the overarching view that this is politically motivated. This is corruption by Sununu, corruption by the stateies, corruption by the powers that be. And now with the executive council flip-flopping their votes, it sure looks like that was all grandstanding and a whole bunch of bullshit. Right. 
because what they voted on that whole meeting, everybody went there. Hundreds of people were there inside and out. And the vote meant nothing because literally they can just flip-flop their vote with no public comment session, with no public hearing. They just, all of a sudden, we all woke up to, oh, yeah, executive council changes their vote. Boom. Done. And we're like, wait, what? We Didn't we just, def- didn't we just fucking shut that down? Oh, no. It doesn't fucking matter what the public says. Well, it's interesting. And that's the betrayal. It's interesting that you say that because in that video of the executive council meeting, the executive council was speaking about another vote for a completely different topic, right? There were several things on the agenda that day. And clear as day, you can hear them say, I would like to bring this to the table every single time until it is passed. Right. Yeah. They're just going to keep bringing it. Just keep get, just. Yep. Really? That's how government works. That's not corruption. That's not betrayal of the people. No, that is actually how government works, and it is corrupt. Um, it, 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 it totally is corrupt. You can't... The people... I mean, I guess you can just keep bringing things up and bringing things up and bringing things up, and, you know, you, you're, the government is never going to stop. The government runs. The government operates 24-7. And here's the thing that we have to remember, right? It is in the government's own best self-interest to grow to acquire more power, to employ more people, to pay their people more, to collect more revenue. It is a self-sustaining entity, right? It's it's a beast that continues to grow, and by its nature, it will grow. Our founding fathers knew this. We Countries the world around have constitutions. And it doesn't mean all of those countries actually have any freedoms. It doesn't mean their government is constrained. The America is supposed to be the country where the Constitution is actually followed. Right. But constitutions are enacted the world over to limit the powers of government because government by nature will continue to gain power and grow. And, oh, well, we're going we're gonna to hire a whole bunch more people and, and pay them and buy off more votes, buy off more state employees, buy off more town employees. Um, and so with that understanding that the government is always going to do what's in the government's own best interest to self-sustain, right? Cause it's a, a beast. It needs to sustain. We have to constantly be on the vigil. We have to constantly be on, you know, our, our defenses. And that's why we've talked about, like, we've been complacent. We've been asleep, right? Right, right. That we're all held accountable, Um, because we have let it go to the wayside. And I'll tell you, David, if in fact, if in fact it is, it is legal, we know it's not moral, that's for sure. If it's legal to continue to bring things to the table over and over and over until you get your way, then that's something that we have to change. I'm not saying it is legal. I'm not saying it's not legal. I'm not sure. That would be something I'd have to look into. But if, in fact, that is, then that means that we, as the people, we, the people, are screwed. Right. Well, I mean, the flip side of that is they always say, well, you know, um, we always give up on these causes we have for liberty. You say, well, that'll never work. It got shot down. You know, we're never going to get, we're never going to get, uh... Say, for example, uh, you could have, um, I don't know, say constitutional carry. We got constitutional carry now, but they would say, well, you know, uh, we're not going to put it through because it failed last time. 
Well, I don't care that it failed last time. Why can't we do the same thing with Liberty things? Why can't we have our Liberty reps and our government, our, our legislation, put forth Liberty-minded bills every single time, every single day, right? Why aren't we more on the offensive with Liberty? We're talking about always having to be active and vigil, and I think that's just something that we found out as a truth. We've been too cautious and we've been too careless and we've been running loose with our government. We need to tighten the reins, but there's no reason we can't get on the offensive with putting forth real freedom uh, legislation with, you know, the spirit of the people demanding our freedoms back. Um, You know, we should be, we should not be taking no for an answer when we say, hey, state rep, so we need a bill that says this because our freedom's getting trampled. And they go, well, we really don't think it would be a popular bill and we don't think it has a chance of passing. Well, I don't give a shit. We're going to put that bill through until it does pass. And you're going to take that bill and you're going to put it in and you're going to put it in and you're going to put it in because that is what the government does to us. So what you're saying is, is we use that, that this is like a, a tactical situation. We're literally going to use that to our advantage to turn the tables. We should be able to, but we have people who won't do that for us. We have, we are filled with uh, leadership in our government and our state, right? That doesn't actually care about that, um, about really pushing freedom and liberty. We have, um, we have leadership, if you will, that flies in the wind like a flag and whichever way the public opinion sways, that's the way they're going to go. Right. They don't stand on their values. They don't stand on the constitution. They don't stand on, well, when we run into this question of do we go left or do we go right, we err on the side of caution and on maintaining more freedom, not less. You know, do we make a decision that says, hey, we might have eight or 10 people die next month or we could in, we could impact the freedom of 100 million people. Well, we'll stick with, you know, not taking away 100 million people's freedom because we don't know we don't know that the good is going to outweigh that. The default should be freedom. The default should be following the, the law and the constitution. Not the default is, well, we'll just legislate and they'll get over losing their freedom. They'll forget about it, you know. Um it's uh we should be able to push that, but we don't have the people who will do that um, because right. we, we don't have good representation. Um, I mean, and that's where the people come in. Right. That's where we take control of the seats. We take control of the house. And that is where we can enact change. Talk about looking forward and going forward and how, you know, the future will never look like the past. And that is part of the process. I have a question for you. Sure. Where, um, where do you think in other, you know, we know about government. I mean, that's kind of, you know, a basic, um, with the corruption and, um, what other areas do you see corruption in, in your daily life? You go about life every day and, um, where do you see corruption happening? Where else? Um, well, I mean, it's, there's, let me say, I mean, I, I think, I think of the word broken or problematic, um, not necessarily always corrupt in the, you know, the traditional sense of the word, but I mean, um, 
it, it's 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 all around us. I think that I think we've got a problem with there's a few big elements. I mean, we've got like, we've got political issues, um, but we've got like moral philosophical issues yeah. and um, we've got them. I would say broadly, like you've got them in the workplace and then you've got them in private. Um, I think we see a lot of things that are, um, I would say maybe corrupt is the word for it in like our welfare system in like our, our foster care system in the ways that men and women are treated equally under the law or that possibly um you know you have unequal um application of the law for depending on if you're well connected or not you know um if you're an elite or if you're an average american citizen um you know it's it's hard to separate a lot of these things from being outside the government because the government is so in our fucking lives it's in our house it's in our bedroom it's in our pocketbook it's in our marriages it's in, it's in ev- our schools it's in it's in everywhere right. um obviously we've got school districts and school boards that are corrupt um but I, I guess when i think corruption you know i think broken or maybe like the values have been eroded um and i i mean i i think it's ultimately it stems from the home um people's home lives are you know their family life i mean divorce rates are insane people have you know kids you know crazy amounts of kids out of wedlock people have you know um they have uh kids they don't take care of you know um we're murdering kids left and right with abortions i mean we've lost a lot of the accountability as people and as as a moral society and so of course that trickles down into culture um if somebody if somebody has no qualms about freaking murdering babies in the womb and they'll sign a policy that says that's totally cool of course they're gonna you know of course they're not gonna be moral with our money because they're not moral with something that's really big you know um of course somebody's not going to care if they uh you know if they um you know, let off the police chief's son when he's just run over somebody else's kid with a DUI. They're, you know, they're not going to feel bad about that when they're cheating on their wife and their most sacred vows in their life they've thrown away. Yep. Um, you know, these things, it's it's that constantly moving goalpost that we hate that expression now, but we've pushed, a lot of people have had their moral compasses um, pushed and so their their own lives being broken, their own personal lives being um, shit shows, it comes out in the policy. It comes out in the way that they're leading. You know, I mean, this ties in directly with the 8.3 liter name and the, and the mentality. What you have inside will come out and you will be leading people one way or the other, um, good or bad, you know. Um, it's, uh, you know, I mean... Uh, I mean, obviously, I think we've got some spiritual issues going on in this country, um, and that's and that's me. That's um, what leads us first. That's well, and that's what we're founded on. Exactly. You know, people. You know, people hate to hear that, but I mean, you don't have to be a Christian to enjoy the values in this country. But where, you know, if you don't believe in a higher power, where do our rights come from? You have to stand on something. Well, right. What, and what is that something? Because whatever that something is, something is guides you for the rest of your life. Right. Well, I mean, I would say like people don't have heroes anymore. Like we're, we're, we talk about like um, you know corruption and stuff. But where does that stem from? Right. Well, 
it comes from the home. Well, what's in the home? Well, people, young ones that are growing up, looking up to people and looking for people to model after. And I don't, and I think this is something that's been, um, I've been paying attention to for a few years. Like, who are we modeling after? And who are our kids modeling after? Who are we looking up to? You know, um, when I was a kid, I looked up to like, um, John Paul Jones and, um, uh, great explorers and, you know, Francis Marion and, you know, um, I've read Colin Powell's book and, and, you know, uh, you know, um, I, I watched, uh, my favorite athlete was Cal Ripken Jr., the Iron Man who had great endurance and who had, you know, these people had values. Like, who are our kids looking up to now? Who even as 30, 40 year old adults, who are we really paying attention to now? Right. You know, people, like people that objectively are not people we should be looking up to. Right. You know, we've, we've started idolizing people and social media has made that worse. Mm. Um, it's interesting. Even before social media, um, my oldest daughter, um, Brittany, she, uh, I remember she was like seven years old and the thing then was Britney Spears and oh my gosh, they had the same name. Right? Oh yeah. The last thing I ever wanted was my, she wanted posters on her wall. She was like seven, right? Posters on her wall. Oh, great. This girl is idolizing this chick on TV who's ripping off all her damn clothes. Yeah, not the idol I want for my child. And that was before social media. So I can only imagine, I mean, Brittany was a teenager when social media really became a thing. And I mean, gosh, I only got Facebook in general. Because my daughter wanted it, and she was not having social media without having her mother as her number one friend. <laughs> right. Right? So I can monitor it. But you're right. All of these idols, um, for people in general, shouldn't the parents be the first idols? Yes. Well, I think idol is the wrong word for it, but yes, mentor or like role model. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think idols a pretty good word for it. Well, I mean, you have false idols. I mean, in the biblical sense, you know, you shouldn't sure. you shouldn't idolize right worldly yes. things. But right. yes, I, I, I know what you're saying, right? Like, um, th since American Idol, that word's been thrown around a lot yes. more. But like role models, um, yeah, yeah, we've tainted so much of our word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I so role modeling and um, leading by example. Yes, the parents should be the very first ones to do that. But objectively, we are, you know, people in our, you know, mid-30s, 40s, early 50s range who are making the, the, the young kids and to the adult kids now, the people who have kids who are very young until the 18, 20 age range, right? Yep. That, that age range who have those age range of kids, our parents, we're, we're a result of them. And if you look at what came out of the 60s and the 70s, right? the um the drugs and the free love and the changing of the morality of america incentivizing of single motherhood getting rid of the fathers getting rid of family um all of those things though our generation right here that are creating the new generations we are a result of that and now we have flipped the role modeling and we threw all that stuff away and we said anything that was traditional and that we thought was good was bad. And now we're figuring out after a whole lot of fucking uh, damage and destruction that, man, maybe some of those traditional values, maybe those meant something. Right. You, you know, you and I were talking about that. Where, where did it, 
where did it start to happen where mothers were no longer home when mothers really got into the workforce right. and and now you have um what did they call that back then it was like really it was a big boom in like the 80s um latchkey kids where kids basically had the key to get home because both parents were Both gone. Both parents and, yeah. were gone. Right. And at that point, then who do you idolize? Who do you see? Who do you role model? Right. 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 That's a great thing. Once both parents became common in the workforce, um, then the kids were left to find their own devices, and they were looking outside of the home um, to model after people. That's a great point. Um, and it's... And I don't think women being in the workforce is the issue. No no average no. self-respecting conservative is going to go, women shouldn't work, get in the kitchen, bitch. Like, yeah. that's not <laughs> that's not how it works. No, I you worked know? with my children. Right. But the thing being that um, both parents are absent, and that ties directly in with the schools becoming a replacement for the parents, the schools becoming politicized and being an indoctrination center, and, and divorcing what the kids are really turning into away from the the leadership of the parents. It's the destruction of the family unit, you know. Um, it, I, it's. I think the core wording for that, honestly and truthfully, is um, when things get hard. When things get hard, we get divorced. When things get hard, we change our job. Right. When things get hard, we, you know, whatever it is. Um, well, everything's you know. disposable now. I'm telling you, this shit is literally just this this vicious circle that goes around and around and it all ties into each other. I mean, shit, we started on this corruption government thing and look where we are now. Because why? Each one of these things ties in to the other. Well, right. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Right. And the question is always, well, how did we get here? Right. To try to understand the problems we have and try to fix things, you have to do a little bit of digging to understand, okay, well, how did we get so far off track? We know what, you know, we, we picture and we, quote, idolize or we, we memorialize or romanticize, like I said before, like we romanticize our origins and what we hold to be true and close and dear to our hearts and what our, our core principles are. Uh, we, we romanticize those, but yet then we go that looks nothing like what we have now. And we think that this just happened overnight, but it, in, in the real sense, it's been a slow, slow, um, slow backside where you get comfortable with what you know. And, um, you know, the, the devil, you know, is better than the devil you don't know. And so we've constantly, traded off a little bit of freedom we've traded off a little bit of morality for a little more fun you know a little more technology a little less work you know and it is human nature to want to get the most bang for our buck it's it's human nature to want to um you know achieve the most with the least amount of effort you know i want to throw the the baseball the farthest with having to spend the least amount of time in the gym you know or, or training you know baseball um there's there's human nature there um, and so that's one reason why I'm big on doing personal development, um, looking at who we are as people, um, what's driving us and why I came up with the 8.3 liter name and why I'm doing this. This is a perfect 
tea off of my personal trainer and the gyms, uh, my, my fitness business that I was doing. Um, what we have driving us will come out in our life. Um, and so when we constantly erode those things and we trade for the easy road out, it's a habitual, we're actually training ourselves. And the more we do these things and the more one little backslide happens, it becomes easier and easier and easier to backslide again and to make one more little misstep and say, well, we'll just change this one thing in this one contract. We'll just embezzle these 50 cents here. And then I'll, you know, and then, well, you know, it's 50 cents. It's no big deal. And then it becomes a few bucks and then it becomes a hundred thousand dollars. And then somebody's embezzling millions of dollars a year, you know, and you go, well, how, how did you do that? Well, I didn't start that way. I mean, the, the, I mean, there's criminals all, all around that say, well, I didn't start that way. You build right. up to this shit. Yep. Um, so, you know, getting back to basics and handling the handling the baseline, most um, bottom end stuff and working on fundamentals and, and habitual things is really where we can get back to this, um, where we where we can take hold of ourselves, take hold of government and simplify. You know, um, we don't have to try to fix everything in D.C. if we fix our towns. We don't have to worry about fixing everything in New Hampshire state if we work with our neighbors in our localities to find best ways to do things in our own towns. You know, um, we can distill these things down to manageable pieces. Right. Um, but what's the bottom line here? It's going to take work. And as, as a rule, Americans are real afraid of work now. Um, I mean, that's why you see like Mike Rowe and Dirty Jobs. That show was a huge hit because there's a huge problem. And he's shown a light on the fact that there's a lot of stuff that goes on to make the world turn. And most average people now, the average mentality in society is, well, that's fine for somebody, just not for me. Right. You know, the not in my backyard theory. Well, we've got to have a garbage dump somewhere. As long as it's not in my backyard, I don't care what you do with the garbage. We need to start taking ownership. That's a constant theme you and I talk about. Yeah. Personal responsibility, you know. So I guess I um, challenge everybody that's listening. What will you do to to change that? What work will you put in um, to start making these changes? If we all don't do something, I'm afraid what it looks like down the road, yeah. you know every single one of us and you're right it starts with that personal development it does. Um, and what we have in us is what is going to shine through i agree i agree well that's it for today guys um so takeaways uh you know don't let the corruption and the betrayals get you down um take ownership where you can you can take ownership of everything in your own life and start working. Uh, start there. Start from home. Work your way out. Start in your street, your neighborhood, and start to improve things uh, one step at a time that way. Um, and work where you can with what you have. Start with what you have. Um, you need to do some personal development. You need to be willing to start a conversation. And, uh, you know, as always on American Conversations, You've got to be willing to talk to somebody, get your views out and ask questions, be open to everything. Um, 
we're uh we're praying for the people with this court case and we hope that we can see corruption um put the brakes on in new hampshire and this can be an eye-opening experience where people are going to come away from this stuff with the desire to be more involved in the process and to um be accountable uh have the government be accountable to the people and uh, make progress so that's it for today uh, remember to go to the website 8.3.com all spelled out and just remember guys the government asked permission from me i don't ask permission from the government and it should ask permission from you and from your father and from your mother and from your adult children it should ask permission from every single one of us that's the message today we'll see you guys later